You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. And uh, and Chase, just kick him, <laughs> Greg. <laughs> see if he wakes up. He's just up. been like yeah. sleeping. Yeah, he's sleeping over there. Hopefully, you can wake him up with some mountain biking. Because, um, Chase, why aren't you mountain biking more often? You bought a new gravel bike, mm-hmm. but that... now you're trail running. Yeah, I just really like trail running. Yeah. I also think that trail running prepares me a little bit more for backcountry skiing than mm. biking does. So that's why I've been turning to the trails. Um, I, yeah. Now, maybe is that because the impact? Because you can engage the quads maybe faster and longer on a up, yeah long I, uphill. I think it. Yeah, bikes are bike. still great. Um, I just have ridden so much this summer and was kind of sad to see how much I hadn't ran. And it's easy to just get up and go and do a quick run in in an hour. But yeah. a, a bike ride, I feel like it's hard to get a really good ride in in, in an hour. Yeah, you feel like you just warmed up mm-hmm. after an hour versus like mm. you run for an hour and you feel like you got to work out. Yeah. yeah. So it's just easier to get a quicker workout in. Um, so, yeah, um, I've been really busy in the evenings with school. And, um, I mean, I don't do a lot of school, but a little, <laughs> little bit of school. <laughs> so it's just easier to wake up in the morning and go around, and it, it does feel like I'm preparing a little bit better for backcountry skiing. Um, but, yeah, I do still enjoy mountain biking. I rode on, rode on Saturday. Um, well, Greg wants a bike still. Greg's trying to figure out how to put it in his budget. So if you've yeah. got, if you have a $3,300 budget. So so here's the problem, and, and maybe I'll throw this situation out hypothetically let's just say you're a person who has been riding your father-in-law's top of the line mountain bike all summer which is how much which is like a seven thousand dollar bike now now the bike that he got it's a fazari uh which is a utah brand a fazari signal peak but it's like their top of the line bike mv wheels and and uh sram uh axis like the digital blue all that stuff i mean it's top of the line everything and so that's the bike that i've been riding because uh oh, is he riding it he, yeah he does ride it okay. but i ride it probably more than he does okay um he lets me borrow it you know two or three or four times a week sometimes and so uh, i've been riding that and i've been loving it um but i want to get my own bike so that i can just ride, your ride own bike. my yeah. own bike every day and whatever and i'm trying to figure out how to make it fit in my budget because you know this has been a topic that we've talked about all summer long like i want a bike i want a bike yeah. i want a bike and uh, i was just thinking maybe there's a way i said you should sell your soul right I, or sell I, nudes you know whatever right i'm not, putting a calendar together by the way thing but the yeah. soul. oh you are yeah it's not i'm not full nudes 
you got to pay extra for that. Um, but I am in shorts and like a long, <laughs> long shirt, uh, but on summits. Oh. Yep. Boot, it's Summit Boudoir is the theme of the calendar. <laughs> different summits. Through, different summits throughout, you know, Ogden, Utah. Can I get a signed copy? In, yeah. Which month would you like signed? I'll sign um, like December for you. Okay. Kay. Thank you. Yeah. They'll come out in March because you're about three years into the new year is when you're going to feel like you need a calendar. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> 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 I don't know. Where, how, how did we get here? I don't know. I don't even know what we were talking it was about. Great. Well, All right. You just need to be, have a little bit more of an entrepreneurial mind like Brandon does. Obviously. Some, some summit calendars. Risque summit calendars. Summit, summit boudoir. Yeah. Summit boudoir. Which is really funny because boudoir really means like a place where, uh, a private place for women to change and do stuff but but it's 2020 folks if you haven't noticed whatever so, whatever yeah, borrowing flies. that term yeah well mm. so do you, have a, do you have a website yet so summit, back to summit back to, <laughs> back, to uh, back to mountain bikes so i've been thinking i have this idea that i think they want to hear about summit maybe <laughs> so the the it's bike so quick to move on <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> no, <laughs> let's right. just stop and start over <laughs> So, um, the bike that I, the bikes that I've been looking at are all in that 4000 to $5,500 range and, uh, been trying to figure out how to make that work. Is that, just is that range, uh, uh, like that's a really good range. Like is if you can get, you get a really good bike for okay. that money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, going from like a $5,000 bike up to a $10,000 bike, you do not get twice the bike. You get mm. like. 10 percent but, but three thousand to four thousand or forty five hundred you get maybe a big difference you get a decent difference well probably so if you get like a three thousand dollar bike you're probably in an aluminum frame full suspension you're in an aluminum frame and probably like uh sram nx or maybe in maybe some GX. cases gx componentry and a decent fork, decent decent shock on the back, um, but it's it's heavier, and you're probably an aluminum frame. You get up into the four thousand plus bikes. Now you're probably starting to get into carbon frames, and you're probably getting into like GX or higher uh, componentry. Uh, but you're not getting into carbon wheels yet. You probably won't get into carbon wheels until you start getting into the five thousand, six thousand dollar plus bikes. Then you get into carbon carbon frame carbon wheels you might when you get to the seven or eight thousand dollar range you're starting to get carbon handlebars you're getting uh, starting to get into the top of the line componentry x01 or sometimes the digital stuff um, now we're just talking SRAM here the Shimano equivalents as well um, anyway so but the difference is like you get a a carbon frame bike with GX for four thousand, five thousand dollars, and you get a top of the line bike for ten thousand dollars. You might save yourself a pound and a half of weight, maybe two pounds tops of weight. But you go from like a three thousand to aluminum frame bike to a four thousand. You might, for a thousand bucks, you might save yourself three pounds of weight, mm. or something like that. Yeah. And so you go, you pay a thousand bucks, you save three pounds, you pay 5,000 bucks, you save a pound and a half. So like the, you've got some major diminishing returns from 
$5,000 on up. Either way, I'm having a hard time reaching the $5,000 mark as far as my budget goes for a mountain bike. So the mountain bikes that I want that are in that four to $5,000 range just out of my out of my budget. So I started thinking, well, maybe I could um, get a bike that performance-wise is very close to a $5,000 bike by getting like a $2,500 bike and putting, you know, five the 500 to thousand dollars in upgrades upgrading certain things to to make a really good performing bike that's you know 33 thousand to 3500 dollars so that was the idea so what are the frames <laughs> that you would be looking at or the bikes that you'd be looking at to start well that's the i mean that's the trick so um there's some good there's some good bikes from I mean, there's a lot. There's some of the direct-to-consumer bikes like a Fazari, uh, Canyon bikes. They're out of Germany. They're real popular. They're really good. Um, Propane is another direct-to-consumer bike. Um, there's a few of those that that are really good. Giant makes a really good budget, like three thousand dollar bike. That's just it's really good. Um, What's the name of that one? I'm trying to remember the model. Uh, the trance trance i or think the stance trance i think is the one i don't remember <laughs> 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 yeah exactly and, and uh anyway so there's there's some good options out there the bikes that i'd really like that are in that five thousand dollar range are like the the ibis ripley is one that has been on my mind for a long time the fazari um thing is the $5,400 Ibis Ripley and the $4,000 Fazari are very similar as far as components and stuff. The Ripley's a little lighter weight, but um, it tends to get a little better reviews. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so Chase, I'll ask you, um, because you have, you've got a, you do a lot of riding. You've got a bike that's kind of in that $3,000 range, but you've made, you've made a few upgrades to that bike, right? Early on? Mm. Sort of. Sort of. I haven't done as many upgrades as I was anticipating. Yeah. Um, but if you were if you were in my situation, and let's say hypothetically, hey, I'm going to buy a $2,500 bike and then make a few key upgrades that I think are the best performance improvement for the money, uh, what would those look like? Well, upgrades? Yeah. How much are shocks? Oh, they depend. Uh, yeah, and, and is it a big, big difference in performance? No, not really. No. So then is it the componentry that really matters? No? So wheels? Com- or what are we? Wheels are expensive. Yeah. Um, a lot of it you're paying for, I feel like you're paying for carbon frames. Um, it's just my... So I was... I I bought... Uh, I think mine just has... Uh, mine's running GX... Um, SRAM GX and I my plan was to upgrade the drivetrain and get a nicer um, drivetrain down the road but as I looked into it to me the the dollar amount to the weight savings was not really worth going above GX Um, and I've heard that GX performance wise is just about the same it's hardly different than than like XX one right and you save a little bit of weight, but I've even heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I've had some people say that some of those top of the line ones that are so weight, so light, don't last as long. Yeah. Uh, because know. they are so light. So 
I've just I've gotten to the point where I could replace my drivetrain and I just went with GX again um, because it seems to to last a while and it's not super heavy I mean I'm obviously not on a weight conscious setup because I've got an aluminum frame um, but my biggest thing that I think I would do is if you if everything's dialed um, I'd probably do my suspension yeah um, before anything um, so I'll, I'll tell you what I was thinking and and you can tell me whether or not you agree or you do something different so the first one of the first things I was thinking is if it doesn't already have it then go tubeless tires oh, yeah totally 100% to because uh, you're the weight on your wheels is way more important than the weight on your frame. As what far about as the energy. weight on your midsection? Right, that's not also a, not important. At not at important. All. No, no. Okay. Yeah. I just want to clarify. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and for that reason, I was thinking for sure I would go with an e-bike because I don't want to have to worry <laughs> hey about man, the weight brother. on my. I know. Um, Why lose it? Yeah. 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 So I was protection from the winter. Winter's right. coming. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking um, tubeless first because the weight on your wheels has a much bigger difference, much more energy expenditure than the weight on your frame. Um, so tubeless, I was considering, uh, well, and if it doesn't have it already, dropper seat uh, post. Dropper is 100%. I mean, for $2,500, you're going to be able to find a bike with a dropper. Right. Like that's just, I feel like that's a given. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I've seen some out there for that price range that have them and some that don't, and I find that some that do are kind of giving up uh, other, things. other things in order to fit that in at that price. But um, So tubeless, dropper seat post. Um, at that point, for that price range, I don't think that you're going to be able to upgrade the wheels without adding a ton of price, but that's another area like... Uh, you know, you go tubeless and you save a bunch of weight on your wheels, but then you upgrade your wheels and you save a, quite a bit of weight on your wheels. Mm -hmm. And again, that's a rolling, that's a rolling thing. It's like, uh, I forget, they say for every pound on your, on your, uh, wheels, it's like seven or eight pounds on your, on your frame or something like that. Wow, as far I did as, not know that. As far as energy expenditure, it's a lot. Yeah. I don't know if that's exactly right. I'll probably probably people listening right now screaming that oh, no that's not right it's 4.73 pounds or something like that but um yeah i i'm running just aluminum rims or wheels right now and i would love to have carbon but i don't want to dish out the coin for the carbon yeah but i have heard everyone that rides carbon loves carbon yeah um and they they take abuse a lot better um than the aluminum rim does um and they cut down on, on vibrations. They dampen the ride a little bit, um, and they're light. Like there's nothing. I've just noticed. I've noticed on the bike that I've been riding because it's MV carbon wheels, um, tubeless tires, um, all those types of things. Is because it's so light. I feel because the wheels are so light. I feel quick and nimble on the climbs. I feel like it doesn't take as much energy to get it to just like, like pop scoot up climbs stuff. and pop over stuff and everything. Whereas with heavier wheels, and here's what I used to do because I hated getting pinch flats and I never used to ride tubeless, even when I was racing mountain bikes. 
I didn't ride tubeless. I didn't know better, and tubeless wasn't a big deal, a big thing back then. Um, I hated pinch flats so much that I put in extra thick tubes that were like almost close to pinch flat, flat proof because I felt like I could ride through a race faster if I didn't get a flat on heavier wheels than if I, uh, you know, than if I was going lighter weight and I got a flat. And so I put these heavy duty tubes in and now I'm looking back thinking, man, I think, I think I, uh, if I knew better now, if I knew how much weight on your wheels, how much that made a difference, I would have done things a lot differently. I probably would have spent a hundred bucks and gone tubeless way, way back then. That was like 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, tubeless is like a, it's a no brainer. Um, I ride tubeless, but then I also ride with a tube. Right, just, <laughs> just in case. Just in case, as you should. So, I didn't realize, you know those plug kits for car tires? Have you ever mm-hmm. seen those? I didn't realize that they make those like ultra super mini plug kits for, for, bikes. for bike tires, for tubeless bike tires. I got a, I was mountain biking with a buddy of ours up at Powder Mountain. We were doing this downhill thing and I came off a jump and hit some landed and kind of the the trail was full of sharp loose rocks and I kind of washed out a little bit and I put a hole in the sidewall of uh of a tubeless tire and we plugged it with a little thing and it's still holding yeah it was like amazing that's sweet even in a sidewall which I didn't think would hold but yeah I put a put a hole in my tire right in the crest a couple weeks ago yeah a couple weeks ago and I just put a tube in there and haven't <laughs> haven't gone back to tubeless. Yeah, so it's still holding just fine. Random, but popped a hole in my Land Rover tire. Okay, uh-huh. soon after I got it, I was down Ogden Canyon, coming out of Ogden Canyon, and I decided, which was a bad idea, don't ever do this, to limp it to the Chevron that's at the end of the canyon. It's right there at the base of the uh, grocery yeah. store. It's right there, Chevron, because I knew that they had air and I could see what I could figure it out. I don't know. I pull in there. It's dark. I think it was a Sunday night or something. Late summer. Two dudes, random dudes, on bicycles, right? Like, had just so happened to have tire repair crap on them. Like that, the the kind that you plug holes with, right? Like, Uh they're like, hey, man, um, you want us to fix that for you? And I'm like, "Uh, no. Like, Mm -hmm. I got my family in the car. I don't know who you are. I don't know what's going on basically takes control like like i'm jacking up the car you know takes the wheel off finds the hole fills it patches it on the spot i gave him 20 bucks oh there you go like he like he had it all like he knew what he was doing like yeah like this ain't his first rodeo you know and these guys didn't own cars they were on bicycles <laughs> right like patch it up throw it back on the land rover get home take it to the Le Schwab the next day you know and I was like, that was the weirdest thing that I pull in. And these two dudes just happen to have this in their pocket. <laughs> like the, 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 the stuff, the full repair kit Maybe or whatever. that's their job. They just drive around looking for It was tires. weird, man. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I got like, I have a $20 bill. I never carry cash. Here's 20. Have a good night. And they were stoked. Yeah. <laughs> speaking yeah. of, speaking of a uh, flat tire problems one time, totally off topic. Um, one time we were up at the Bountiful B. My friend was in his brand new Razor, top of the line, like 
really awesome razor. We're running around. Those in it. can't get flats, can they? Oh, dude. Well, he was he was rallying this thing like I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> and he's coming up this like this hairpin turn. He was drifting it, and then he was like, "I'm gonna flip it around and drift the other way, and then like go down the mountain, right?" And he tried to like flip it around and it hit this like ditch thing, and rolls, and <laughs> totally like. Br- Things like a week old rolls oh, it, man. Um, and we get it. We get it tipped back over on the wheels, and the the right rear wheel was had come unbeaded. And it's like, how do you put? How do you rebeat that? Yeah. Thing? And one of the kids there is like, oh, have you ever seen that thing where they start a fire and yeah, the tire yeah, yeah, and yeah, it totally. blows it back yeah. up? We tried doing that, and the whole tire just started melting. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, quick, put it out, put it out. There's like. Nine dudes up here <laughs> at a bachelor oh, party. Yeah, and we're, that's how you light the mountain on fire. Chase. We're now we're we're now <laughs> oh trying to put this fire out on this wheel so it doesn't burn down the <laughs> whole freaking razor. Tire fire. Oh <laughs> it's, man! It's really what did you? Because you're supposed to spray it with with lighter fluid. I think we had something. something. We had yeah. some gas and something else. I don't know what. I was just kind of watching. <laughs> but like, oh, but no, really, the doing. tire lit on fire. <laughs> yeah, it like exploded, but it wasn't enough pressure to beat anything they even yeah. do anything and then all of a sudden the tires on fire like, oh crap put it out they're trying to put it out and so i think they i mean because you can go on youtube and find it all people successfully done all the time but i was watching an episode of things like the like alaska gold rush or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. and they had they were fixing like a tractor tire a big friggin' huge one and they had to do it's like a bushcraft fix right and they fixed it doing that and it sealed I'm like, man, so it done right, it works. Yeah, totally. I don't know what was the situation there, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, we anyway. didn't do it right. That was <laughs> the situation. <laughs> flat tires, though, are a thing. So if you go, you can get flats and tubas. So, yeah. but that's, oh, yeah. it's more of a weight issue. Yeah, it's a weight issue, issue, but also you get you get less pinch flats. Mm, yeah. Well, uh, you can't get pinch flats because there's no t- tube to pinch. Well, right, right except but I have, I mean, if, you, if you're writing... Can come and beat it if you're riding on too little a pressure and you hit a, you know, you yeah. hit a sharp rock hard enough, you could you split the tire or I something. Guess that's and that's kind of like a pinch. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a pinch flat. But but anyway, yeah, much much fewer pinch flats, much less weight. Um, and uh, you can ride a slightly lower pressure so it smooths out the trail a lot more. And I'll tell you what, man, back when I was mountain bike racing as a teenager, versus now you ride these rocky trails and on these new bikes with tubeless tubeless tires slightly lower pressure really good suspension it's like it's like gliding down the mountain versus the old bikes i had an i had a lightweight old uh, hardtail mountain bike that i raced on and that thing was just like just all the way down and riding a jackhammer just, down the mountain yeah and, and that's just kind of what you did and Anyway, mountain bikes are amazing now. But okay, so tubeless um, dropper for sure. Dropper. I think before I did anything driveline, I would make sure I have the suspension that I wanted. Yeah. Um, and around here, if you're not doing a lot of downhill, then basic suspension. I mean, Revelation fork and a. I don't know what you want to put on the deluxe on the back. Um, those rock shocks yeah i i mean i don't think you unless you're doing a lot of downhill with a lot of really um 
repetitive, fast stuff. You don't necessarily need a really, really fancy shock. Yeah. But if you're going to be doing much downhill or you just want a higher perform- performing shock, then I would do that before I upgraded the drivetrain. Yeah. But that's just me. I'm also nowhere near a bike mechanic. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think for yeah getting a you know 2500 to 3000 dollar bike you can get a pretty darn good bike out of the box and you how much is it to go to was 100 bucks i think it's no i think it's like 50 yeah whoa that's it's not super that, bad i mean yeah, that's that a big like a that's a major okay. improvement and then a good dropper seat post can be anywhere from uh you know a few hundred bucks to five 500 bucks yeah. if you want to so go does that, super fancy price of a bike come with clips or you gotta buy those yeah, i usually those have pedals. to buy those pedals but even like we say tubeless is 50 bucks but it's not super hard to do tubeless yourself if you want to yeah so you can always do that anyway so yeah i think i don't know that i'll go this route i'm still kind of trying to figure out financially how i can buy the bike that i really want because i'd like to I'd like to buy a bike with a carbon frame that I can then replace components on and upgrade as as time goes. I'd prefer to So it's to about the frame. Build I'd prefer to build a, a carbon framed mountain bike. What up. if you just bought the frame? Yeah, you can. And then like three years from now you'd finally have a full bike because you'd have the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As yeah. you go along. To yeah. And then by that time the geometry's so out of date that you know, I sold my mountain bike, um, the one that I raced on for years. Uh, I, I got married in like the year two of our marriage or something. I sold my mountain bike um, because it was a bit small. It was out of date and stuff like that. And I, I wanted to get a road. I had a good road bike and that's, I was mostly road biking at the time. And I thought, I don't ride this mountain bike anymore. I'll sell it. I'll buy a new mountain bike eventually. And and I, my wife agreed. She's like, yeah, sell it. And, you know, when, when the time's right, we'll buy you a new mountain bike, a nicer one and stuff. I'm like, sweet. Yeah, it sounds good. Sold time, it. Time has come. Ten years later, still haven't gotten a new mountain bike. So, so. yeah, no, I'm down. I My I, my first mountain bike was a semi, it was upper middle class, right? Um, hard tail, but you had to have, you had a um, aftermarket shock on the front, you know. But lightweight, it was actually a Mongoose brand. Mongoose, I bought Comp, for those of you who knows what it is. Good componentry, but this was the late 90s. Finally, too many too many crashes in Moab in the early 2000s, and I couldn't, it needed so much repair work, it just sidelined. It's still sidelined at my house, and I never <laughs> bought a new, it's been 15 <laughs> plus years. Yeah. And I just never never upgraded again. And I say late 90s, it's probably the early 90s, probably around 94, 95 when I bought that bike. Yeah. Um, yeah, and because it, it did, it made it almost ten years, which is good. Yeah, and I, you know, I paid almost a grand for it back then, so that's yeah. like that's a good bike back then. Um, decent bike back then. So, I was shocked at how much bikes had changed in that ten-year window from the early '90s to the early 2000s. Because you got your your full suspension comes out. Um, all so many different so many different changes that I was like, this is my bikes, a relic compared to what it was like three to five years later. You know, it was just things changed rapidly in a short amount of time. Um, and I, I remember going to Moab and, uh, see with all of us on our hardtails, trying to do Moab and seeing 
these dudes on these new full suspensions just ripping down trails and was like that's the dream <laughs> like that is the that's the thing like i want i want that yeah uh and that's been around that's been with us now for 20 plus years yeah just crazy and now i mean take a full suspension now versus then and it's whole nother ball game they figured it all out because the first first while it was like well they're cool but you can't bike uphill (laughs) (laughs) yeah good luck yeah and then i remember watching through the articles and magazines of like hey we improved this stiffness or you could ought you could adjust it on the fly and stuff and so Mm -hmm. um there's yeah they they figured all that out but yeah it, it gets better every year yeah, there's a bike that uh, Chase was just showing me, one that w- that was for sale for a decent price, but it's the Ibis Ripmo AF. Um, Sounds cool. <laughs> the, so they make the Ripley, which is like a 120 millimeter, 130 millimeter travel bike, just short travel trail bike. And then they make the Ripmo, which is a longer travel trail bike, almost an enduro bike. And then they came out with the Ripmo AF, which is a non-carbon, it's an aluminum frame, Ripmo, so the Ripmo is the high high end carbon frame or whatever, but they made the Ripmo AF, and it's like the budget Ripmo. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's gotten rave reviews. They say it's like the most killer bike for the price you can buy, and it's those things sell. They're right around three thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and um, cool bikes. Carbon? No, I, it's aluminum frame. Yeah, the AF aluminum frame. Oh, AF. Okay. I think I a, thought that meant something else. I think it does mean something else. But, yeah. Well, I I think there's a dual meaning. I think they yeah. they're like, well, it's an aluminum frame, and, and a and AF and sounds and cool. And so Ibus AF, <laughs> <laughs> feeling you. <laughs> so anyway, that's a yeah, that's a sweet bike. That's a good one to consider for that price. Um, but I I kind of want a shorter travel. Yeah. Uh, trail bike because if it's my one bike for everything and most of what I do is cross country riding, I want something that climbs faster and and is light, a little lighter weight. Makes but, sense. Well, good luck, Greg, and I'm excited to see what you come up with. Yeah, I I'm, I have a feeling. I'm excited to see what I come prediction up with that I don't want to tell you necessarily um, because it's in my head and I don't want it to influence you. But I'm going to say it on the podcast. Just don't listen right here. I think he's gonna pull for the extra dough. <laughs> yeah. Next bike he gets yeah, is gonna be a I little think, more expensive yeah, I, than yeah. what his budget's at right now. Yeah, but that's I've, just my thoughts. I'll tell you what. So. Um, when I was a teenager, the, the first bike I bought is like a thousand dollar Gary Fisher, and uh, that was. And then I upgraded it, lightened it up as I could, and stuff like that. And that was a fun bike that I. That was the one I raced on for a long time. Then I got a nicer road bike, and it was you know, $2,500, and I've since put Envy wheels on it and some other things. So it's lighter, it's faster, it's worth a lot more. But um, And then I've – but I've the mountain bike I've been riding is a top-of-the-line mountain bike, and it is really hard when you get used to a certain level of performance to go down. And I could get on the bike – the bike that my father-in-law has that I've been riding – it would probably be a pound and a half heavier, two pounds heavier, if I went with the $4,000 version versus the $7,000 version. Uh, it might be a pound and a half heavier, two pounds heavier, but the performance of it would be so similar. The only, di- the biggest difference would be carbon wheels. And, um, and so I'm wondering if there's a way that I could, uh, 
you know, find find some way to get a $4,000 bike, sell the old wheels, upgrade to like a nicer wheel, a carbon wheel or something, and for $5,000 have almost all the performance of the $7,000 bike or something. You know I don't what know. I just thought of? You're talking about performance, performance vehicles and your father-in-law. Yeah. Who <laughs> this weekend. He's going out of town this weekend. Going to learn how to uh, test drive uh, supercars in the desert. Yeah. Is there is there anything equivalent to that in the mountain bike? Like, could you go spend a weekend somewhere and learn how to, like, you spent eight grand on a bike. You got to learn how to use it, right? right? Like, and most people who's going to spend that much have been mountain biking for years. Right. But I mean, I guess if you're new to the sport and you got the money and you're like, screw it, I'll just drop eight grand on my first bike. Are there you classes? You better throw are in there... a, few, a few yeah. classes with a, yeah. with a pro or something yeah. like that that can ah. coach you. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I do know that like, um, I don't think they, I don't think they sell this as a service or whatever. But I know a few guys that that demo bikes and review them on YouTube and stuff like that. That will go out and ride with the guys the factory guys the people that work for the various companies will go on rides with them and get some mm. get some uh coaching and stuff sometimes they'll go out and ride with a pro like a, a industry pro or something some rider that rides for specialized rides for ibis or some of these other brands santa cruz and so i hear about that type of stuff occasionally but i think that's kind of like a kind of like a perk because of who you know and what you do not so much i i bought a thousand ten thousand dollar bike and this is one of the perks that goes with well, it but it would be cool though you know ex land rover that you know there's like a the annual meetup you know right. like i didn't know if there's anything like that in mountain bike land for the you exclusive mountain bike buyers of ten thousand dollar bikes out there i don't know Gee. yeah I, I doubt it but i don't know that would be kind of a cool perk though it's like you buy this bike, then you, you know, you can meet people like you. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you I spent $10,000 on bikes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure maybe that, I mean, I think it would be cool if, for example, maybe some of the local shops do this, but you buy a mountain bike and they do twice a year when one in the spring, one in the fall, it's like, Hey, we're going on a trip to Moab and you're invited. You bought a bike, you're invited, bring, yeah. you now bring a friend or whatever. And we're just going to go party in the desert and mountain bike for three days. And side note, Chase, write this down. We should have like a Hilleberg meetup for anyone who bought Hilleberg's at gear 30. <laughs> we should. Yeah. That'd be cool. I'll, I wonder, I'll put it together. I wonder, uh, yeah, never mind. I was going to say something that probably isn't even worth worrying about. <laughs> but anyway, I was just good luck on your bike purchases. I'm very interested because I'm behind you in time frame, but still interested in because I'm like, yeah, I've that's probably where I would buy between three to. Well, I don't know if I could pull the trigger on a five thousand dollar bike. That is up there. Yeah. So, but I, I'm also, um, what's the what's the word I'm thinking of like particular enough i guess that if i know carbon is only 500 to a thousand dollars away it's like f it i'm spending that much money i might as well right get a carbon bike yeah there's a there's a bike that i'm like i drool over all the time it's by canyon and it's their e-bike they've got a five <sighs> they've got a five e-bike yeah <laughs> they've got a five thousand dollar e-bike carbon frame e-bike that just looks awesome it's like 
an amazing bang for the buck. It's, it, I, I think it's Ram GX. It's, it's got a sweet motor. It's got a really good battery. It's got a carbon frame. It's getting rave reviews for like 5,000 bucks. Yeah, that's cheap. Yeah, and it's like that same bike without the motor and the battery would cost 5,000 bucks. Carbon yeah. frame, GX, all that stuff would cost five. Well, they're doing it with the e-bike for 5,000 bucks. And I'm, I keep looking at that thinking, man, I want that one too. Mainly the, the e-bike would be like my spring get into shape bike because go get groceries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, commute to work. I could just ride over yeah. the mountain every morning. Yeah. <laughs> but I think about that and it's like, you know when you're uh, a bit out of shape and you know that the first few weeks of riding is just going to hurt? Well, you get on the e-bike and it doesn't hurt at all. Is he awake? <laughs> yes, I'm awake. Okay. <laughs> He's very comfortable. I'm just tired. Yeah, yeah. look at his feet are up. And <laughs> looks good. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway. All right, well, we'll wrap That's this up. That's one of the poses I'm going to use for my <laughs> summit calendar, just so you know. Yeah. I, can this be the December pose? I'll do that for you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Thanks. Pick your peak. All right. Okay. <laughs> I definitely want. Uh, Thanks for joining us for the <laughs> podcast today. If you wait, enjoyed wait, the podcast, my request. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and also share with your friends. And uh, check out gear30.com for all the all the latest deals and the and the greatest gear for your outdoor adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, minus bikes, we don't do bikes, but we do pretty much everything else for outdoor stuff. So. Um, check out gear30.com that's g-e-a-r-t-h-i-r-t-y.com uh, you can always also follow us on instagram like us on facebook check out our youtube channel and uh that's it yeah thanks for joining us we'll see you on the next episode i want nebo see you out there <laughs> <laughs> nebo, nebo